Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know, I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. In the recent weeks, this term loud budgeting has made its way into the mainstream conversation. So which camp are you in? Shouting loudly about your money goals or would you rather keep them very quietly to yourself? I think we need to talk about it. Hey, welcome to Everyone's Talking Money. I am your host, Shauna Game. This is a show where we talk about all of those emotions around money so you can really unfuck your relationship with money and finally reach your goals. Yes, I said it. Unfuck your relationship with money. That is what we are here to do. But before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you know that I have got some good money resources available on the Everyone's Talking Money website. 
You can go to everyonestalkingmoney.com or just head to the show notes. All the links will be there. You can also read the transcript for every episode. And fingers crossed, come March 2024, all episodes will be available on YouTube for you to watch. I say that with a big gulp (laughs) because mastering YouTube is a beast, but I'm going to practice what I preach, which is just to take a step forward. I have been recording the video of all of the interview episodes for well over a year now, and I just have those kind of in a little archive just off to the side. So if you have been wanting to actually watch what we're talking about, stay tuned. If you want to come over and subscribe before we go live, I will have the YouTube link in the show notes. So you can come over, subscribe, and make sure you don't miss any of those episodes once they go live. It is Friday, and typically I answer and ask Sean a question, but this week something came to my attention that I thought we should just talk about instead. So many of you have sent in questions about budgeting. How do you do it? How do you make it work? How do you stay consistent? And so many questions about how to manage the very real fears and emotions around budgeting. We have Gosh, we've done so many different episodes on budgeting, probably hundreds over the last nine years. And the reason I think that you just want more and more and more is because it's a very tricky thing and it's very emotional. And you don't often think about the emotions that are going on when you are going through the act of budgeting. So it's this idea of what if you go over budget? And somebody knows about it or judges you or shames you for how you spend your money. That's that's what our brain is thinking, right? And it's producing this very strong emotion in us, right? This absolutely, I want to do everything except <laughs> budget or look at my money. But the funny thing about that is nobody is actually going to look at your bank statements. Nobody is actually going to look at your budget. The only person that's looking at those numbers is you and I don't know, maybe you have a partner and you're you're sharing that as well, but you're not public displaying any of this information on like a very, you know, big screen at a sporting event. Like this is staying very private. But it doesn't mean that these emotions aren't at play and running just crazy kind of in the background and and getting in the way of this whole process. Because the only reason that you do budgeting or spending plans, as I like to call them, is really because you have things that you want to do with your money. And this is just the mechanism to help you do that. And when you create a spending plan, you can put all these things on automation. So your investing automatically happens. If you're paying down debt, that automatically happens. Like All of these things automatically happen in the background, but you need the plan in place to know what you're doing. And I, I I say it's it's like a like a GPS system, something that you'll understand. If you were trying to get in the car and drive somewhere, most of us don't use maps anymore. We just let our GPS tell us where to go. But we have to put an input in. We have to let it know where we want to go. If we don't put an input in, obviously it's it, it it can't take us to that place. So the same sort of thing when it comes to your money. So all of you that have sent in messages about your fears and your anxiety and your stress when it comes to budgeting, 
I'm, I'm glad you feel safe enough to share those thoughts with me because money is emotional. And in everyday society, it doesn't feel safe to talk about those emotions. Maybe you don't even know what those emotions are, or maybe you don't even correlate those feelings you have with the underlying cause, which is money. And money is a, it's a vital need. You need it like you need air and water. And as much as we want to say money doesn't matter, I think we have to step back and kind of, I don't know, pull that saying apart because it, it does matter in a way because it's, it's how we live our life. It's how we afford to keep shelter and buy food and buy water and all of those sorts of things. But yes, it doesn't ultimately lead to happiness. So there's this interesting intersection in your brain that you kind of have to get to. But what's in there and clouding it all up are the emotions around money and the gunk that has been there since childhood and the things you believe to be true, the things about you that you believe to be true. It's just, it gets really mucky. So that brings us to this idea, the topic for this episode on loud budgeting. It's, it's a very catchy phrase, but what does it mean and will it actually work for you? If you haven't been following, there is a 26-year-old comedian named Lucas Battle coined the term loud budgeting in December in a TikTok video, and he had just this night of (laughs) completely overspending, which is something we can all relate to, right? (laughs) We've all been there. We might have done that today or sometime this week. It just happens. Well, his friends asked him to go out on you know, to this like extravagant meal. And he suggested, hey, why don't we all cook at someone's house to save money? His video, of course, went viral. And so many others have shared stories of how loud budgeting about spending money and just budgeting in general have helped them reach their money goals. There was an article in uh, the Wall Street Journal about this. And Lucas said, people want a break or some sort of relief from this constant need to be spending and buying. And I get it. It's sometimes overwhelming, right? It's you have to spend money on so many different things. And then there's this social pressure. Certainly, I know at younger ages, there's definitely a social pressure to go out and spend money and go to happy hours and go to dinner. And if you're living very close to the edge, like, you know, you need all the money that you make every month. It becomes this dilemma of, well, do I go out with my friends and spend money that I don't really think I should be spending or do I stay home and then I'm not out with my friends? And obviously, most of us choose to go out with our friends and spend money and then you feel guilty or shameful about it. And it's just something that perpetuates all of these very real and scary emotions around money. I know myself, I'm in my 40s. And I still feel that pressure. (laughs) I've only lived where I live now for a couple of years, and I want to go out and I want to do all the things. But every time I go out to dinner, it's like another 50, 60 bucks just for myself. And that really starts to add up. And it's hard for me to get around the emotions of money, of, of feeling guilty, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have gone out or I, maybe I shouldn't have gone to this event and spent this much money. And then I think about, well, otherwise I'd probably just be sitting on my couch and watching reruns or the new season at Married at First Sight, which really isn't doing anything <laughs> for, 
for my intellectual abilities. But nonetheless, you get where I'm going, right? So Lucas was like, okay, this is ridiculous. We need some sort of break from this constant need to be spending and buying. And I think this is this status thing that we all have that if we're not doing things or buying things, somehow our friends or our family or society will look at us like, maybe you can fill in the word that's appropriate for you. I think of it as failure of not, I don't know, not not being at the place in life where I should be. And the kicker is like, who really cares? <laughs> Other than you, they're not living your life. So if you want to know my opinion, I actually am a fan of this idea of loud budgeting. For for one, it's taking money out of the shadows and away from the shame and saying this thing that I'm saving money for is actually a priority in my life. And that's a good thing. But for so many of us, this is much easier said <laughs> than it is done. So I I after I read these articles, I thought, okay, let me do a little experiment. I polled a few of my friends and I asked them what they think about this idea of loud budgeting. And some of their answers were really fascinating to me. Let me share a couple of them with you. So my friend Mike said, I would be embarrassed to share that I was saving money or didn't have enough money to go out. I guess that's why I never have a ton of money left each month and why I'm not a lot closer to my goal of saving for a house. But I still feel, even as a grown-ass man, that my friends would look at me strangely if I chose my budget over going out for drinks or meeting them at a concert. So I think so many of us can relate to Mike. We feel the same thing. Like, What is the other person going to think of me if I choose my goal of saving for a house over the present moment of going out and having fun with my friends? My friend Amy said, I'm always the friend suggesting we do something more affordable. So I think most of my friends just expect that from me now. It's almost boring for them. But I'm always like, why do I need to spend $50 every time we go out to dinner? This is crazy. Do you know how much our extra $50 could become if we invested it? But then I sound like the boring friend. So I just can't seem to find the balance. <laughs> I love this. If you, if you knew my friend Amy, you would absolutely love this response too. So we've got two different sides of the fence here, and I wasn't expecting either of these people to say what they said to me after I asked them about this idea. But yeah, it's like you're the boring friend because you're choosing to put your money towards a goal, or you're the boring friend because you're always suggesting to do something more affordable, which brings me back to like this hypothesis of why does... You choosing to do something affordable or you choosing to focus on a goal, why does that have to equal that you are the boring friend? Why can't that equal that you are actually like the smart, very genius friend who is making really conscious, intentional decisions with your money? Why, do, why can't we just switch that narrative? So then I went and I asked my friends, Ben and Sadie, who are married, and they said, oh, we really like this. I hate going out and then not getting good service or the meal isn't that great. And then we've just blown our eating out budget. I mean, why don't we do things in a more economical way? That really makes a ton of sense. And then probably why you're always talking to us about being mindful of money. Now it probably makes sense. Like, I think it just clicked for us. <laughs> I like that. Yes, I am probably the friend <laughs> who is always the one, you know, 
telling all my friends to be mindful and intentional with their money and trying to figure out the, that balance between quote unquote boring friend and quote unquote fun friend who likes to go out. And it's, it's, you know, it's a tough, tough thing to balance, I think, but I'm a, I'm a work in progress. Let's just say that. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. 
Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. This idea of loud budgeting, it's that neurochemically speaking, your brain is more likely to follow through on your money goals when you actually vocalize them. Let's look at what the science says about goals, goal setting, and you speaking your goals. There was a recent article in ICS Learn. I will link all of these things I talk about in the show notes, but it says, the science of setting goals is intimately tied up with the myriad complex ways that our brain works. Made up of 86 billion neurons, which are all constantly communicating with each other in complicated electrical circuits of information, we know a lot about how the brain works, but some processes are still a mystery. Creating emotional investment is one of the most important methods that the brain uses to help you work towards achieving goals. So what I like that it's saying here, right, is this idea of, of being emotionally attached to speaking out loud or vocalizing or even writing out on a piece of paper what your goals are. So it it tells your brain, oh, this is something that is important. Let me actually help you toward your goal versus <laughs> telling you every negative thing that has ever happened, every goal that you've not actually achieved, right? Actually tearing you apart, right? But when we connect the emotion to it, our brain's like, oh, right. Okay, let me try to help you. So then it goes on to say that setting goals essentially works because it tricks our brain into feeling emotionally that we've actually already achieved the thing that we set out to. Confused? Good. This might be veering into Inception-style metaverse territory, but stay with us. 
Thinking in this way means that our brains feel we are personally invested in a project. In other words, we have an emotional connection to it. This makes us more motivated towards achieving it. In effect, we feel we have a stake in a goal and an interest in completing it, so we're more inclined to work towards it being achieved. So this just all correlates to this idea that the brain creates this emotional investment in a goal, right? And then formulates like a path to help you achieve it. And when your brain is like, oh, right, okay, yes, we're excited about this. We're excited that you are deciding not to go out to dinner and you are telling everybody that you're actually saving to buy that house. And that is actually the thing that right now just really lights you up and makes you so happy and you're so excited that you're getting closer to that goal. That that emotional connection with your brain is actually going to help you create behaviors that are going to reinforce you actually being able to achieve that goal, right? It's it's all very interconnected. It's, it's interesting. Then there was an article in Inc. that talks about what goal setting does to your brain. I thought this was really interesting. It says, number one, the part of your brain that creates emotion evaluates the degree to which the goal is important to you. Hmm, this is interesting, right? So if we set a goal that isn't actually important to us, our brain's like, okay, I can I can actually sense that. So we have to make sure that what we're loud budgeting about is something that we're deeply emotionally connected to. And then it says number two, the part of your brain that does problem solving, your frontal lobe, defines the specifics of what the goal entails. And then number three, the amygdala and frontal lobe, they work together to keep you focused on and moving towards situations and behaviors that lead to the achievement of the goal while simultaneously causing you to ignore and avoid situations and behaviors that don't. So when we put these things together, it's like the brain becomes our biggest cheerleader helping us move forward towards this goal, but we have to have this emotional peace. And so I think when we we come back and we talk about this idea of loud budgeting, that's what that is. It's that idea that emotionally I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to say I'm making intentional choices with my money and all of that is me just emoting this emotion that I'm feeling about the things that I'm choosing instead of going out or instead of doing whatever with my money that is not moving me closer to my goal. So then the article goes on to say that the this process sounds straightforward, like a computer program, but what actually is happening is more complex because your brain has something called neuroplasticity. Goal setting literally changes the structure of your brain so that it is optimized to achieve that goal. That is just kind of mind-blowing to me when I think about what is happening inside my brain and my body behind me actually setting and my ability to achieve these goals. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. 
I honestly would use Ernan in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Continuing down this path of our brains and This idea of loud budgeting, there was another article in Inc. that says that making goals is great, but you better not talk about them out loud. The researchers concluded that telling people what you want to achieve creates a premature sense of completeness. While you feel a sense of pride in letting people know what you intend to do, that pride doesn't motivate you and in fact can hurt you later on. It says when you write down or think about your intentions, there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be. The compelling need to close this gap helps you act on your intentions, but when you let others know about it, that gap closes because you, artificially, feel the same way you should after completing your intentions. So the main takeaway is this. You better off keeping your thoughts and plans to yourself if you want to get things done. And the next time you want to complete a goal, put your head down and get to it instead of telling everyone else around you. I think that's really interesting. So this is going against this idea of of loud budgeting, that it could actually hurt you in the process of achieving your goals. And this is where it comes back to just knowing yourself and knowing what actually motivates you. So the science says 
set goals, attach emotions to them. But in this article, it says keep them to yourself. So should you be transparent with your money goals to everyone in your life? Again, I think it depends. It depends on your relationship with these people. It depends on the level of trust. And it also depends on their sense of of judging you for the decisions that you make. And if you're somebody like myself, I really tend to let other people's emotions influence my emotions. And this is something I've been working on years in therapy. So this is probably going to take my whole life to figure this one out. But I know that if I vocalized my budgeting goals to certain people and they passed judgment on the choices I was making, I would probably go back and change my goals. And I just know that about myself. So I think you have to really know who you're talking to and if it's safe for you to express yourself in that way. And maybe the reason loud budgeting is so powerful is because money is already this taboo topic. So this idea of bringing your goals to light takes money out of the shadows and it gives you back perhaps a sense of power and control that maybe you didn't feel before. So how do you adopt loud budgeting in your life in a way that that really feels good to you? I think there's a couple of things to to talk about. If you're going to get loud, you have to really know what your money goals are and how much you need to save or spend to reach them. So you have to understand the logistics part behind of this. Just saying, well, I'm not going to go out to dinner because I want to save that 50 bucks because I've got things I want to do with your money is probably not the, the biggest emotional connection. So really understanding what your money goals are what are the things that you want to achieve in the next three months, six months, year? Like, what are those things that you're actually practically working towards? And what's the cost of those? How much do you need to save each month? How much do you need to spend each month to reach those goals? So get really specific. Don't just say that you want to spend or save. Let's, let's go with save. Let's say that you, you want to save 10000 bucks. What does that mean each month? What does that mean each week? And what is that $10,000 going towards? Is it something, again, that you feel really emotionally connected to? So this means you're probably going to need to take a peek at your money situation from time to time. No, you do not need to obsessively look at your bank account every time you spend money. But you really do need to have a good sense of how your money flows and how much you're spending on what I call your blind spots. So we all have a blind spot of a, a, a certain thing that we spend money on, whether it's a guilty money splurge or just something we do where we convince ourselves that we're not spending as much as we are. But in actuality, we're usually spending more than we think. For a lot of us, that is eating out. I am probably in that camp as well, because it's easy to just go out to eat, spend money, spend more money, spend more money, and not really have a concept of how much you're spending. So this is where, yes, you do need it to dive into your numbers, particularly in these areas that are blind spots for you. We all have these money blind spots, and it, it doesn't mean that you're bad at money. It just means that you need to be aware of how much you're spending in that particular area only for the sole purpose 
of you being able to maybe make a few more intentional choices and reroute some of that money that you would have spent in that blind spot towards one of these goals that you have. That's the only reason any of this matters. I'm just going to be really frank and honest with you. If you don't care, if you don't have things that you want to do, none of this really matters. Spend money however you want. But if you want to use some of your money to create the life you want to live, sometimes that means being intentional. Sometimes that means making alternate choices. And this comes back to this idea of loud budgeting. Maybe it is about you vocalizing certain things. Maybe that helps you stay more accountable. I don't know, just something to think about. And then I think also thinking about being okay with not reaching your money goals. So if I'm at loud budgeting and I'm out there and I'm telling everybody the choices that I'm making and why I'm not doing certain things, I also need to be okay with not reaching my money goals. I think this idea of perfectionism really needs to like fly away, especially money-centric idea of perfectionism. But teaching yourself and your friends that working towards a goal doesn't mean you're always going to reach it. And that always is okay. That is a permission slip for you to change your goals on the fly or for you to say, well, I, I did my best, but, you know, I've not reached that goal in the specific time that I wanted to, but that's okay. It's not a big deal. So focus on progress over perfection, but be okay vocalizing. If you like this concept, I should say, of loud budgeting, be okay vocalizing your goals and be okay with whatever twists and turns life takes and maybe you achieve them, maybe you don't. Who knows, right? And then I think one of the potential outcomes of loud budgeting is becoming a quote-unquote better consumer. So I call this intentionality. Fill it in with whatever word you want. But it's this idea that you consciously are just spending better. You consciously spend more towards your goals and less because you need that solid dopamine hit of, of spending. But maybe loud budgeting makes you more accountable to yourself for the amount of money you're spending. Maybe if, let's say, shopping for clothes is your blind spot and you say, okay, I'm not going to go with my friends. I don't know who goes to the mall anymore, but let's just use this for an example. (laughs) I'm not going to go with my friends out to the mall where I know I'm going to be really tempted to spend money that I either don't want to spend or I don't have to spend. Whatever, whatever is kind of your option there. So I'm not going to put myself in that place because I know I'm going to be too tempted. And maybe that helps me become a better consumer. Maybe I don't need to just buy a whole lot more stuff. Maybe I can think about shopping from a different perspective. I don't know. The point is, I think that this whole idea of loud budgeting, it it works to not only help you be more accountable, but also to help you be okay with talking about money, a subject that is already so laced with stigma and fear and shame and judgment and regret and uh, all of those words, maybe it takes some of that away, like some of the ammunition that is there. Maybe it removes some of that because you are making a choice that is different and you're being very vocal about it. And that's a very brave thing. It's very brave to make the choice and to say to your friends, I'm not going to go to dinner tonight because I am saving for a vacation that I've always wanted to go on, 
And that's just taking priority in my life. But wow, I don't know if you can feel it when I say those words, but that does give you a sense of power around money that I think for a lot of us, we don't feel on a day-to-day basis. I I think for a lot of us, we feel like we're just kind of drug around (laughs) by money, right? Like that it is just the anchor and it's just pulling us mercilessly around every single day. So I'm a fan of this idea of loud budgeting. I think it has a a time and I think it has a place and I think that it it makes sense. And I think the reasoning behind it going viral on on TikTok and there are so many different articles about it and so many people have been on the on the news talking about loud budgeting is because it's so different from how we typically think about budgeting. We typically think about budgeting as this scary thing, like I talked about. We typically think of it as a judgment-based thing. And we also typically think of it as a very isolating experience. And so going vocal changes that whole dynamic. And I think that's really fascinating. Whether you adopt this practice or not, I think it, it just helps you think about really ultimately what role do you want money to play in your life? And how do you want to talk about it? I always think that money is, this may be way out there for you to think about this, but this is the way I think about it. Money is kind of out there, right? And it's always looking at me. It's like, yeah, okay, what are you saying about me? How are you using me? Are we going to be partners or am I going to be your enemy, right? And it's always there having this like inner dialogue with me, (laughs) And my job over the years has been to try and get money to be a partner with me and less of an adversary. And so if you take the tiny little step, maybe, and say to one of your friends, I'm making a more intentional choice with my money, maybe money can feel a little bit more like a partnership for you and less like that that bad angel <laughs> sitting over your shoulder. So just food for thought. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was fun to talk about this topic. I don't often do topics that are, you know, very popular topics because I'm sure when I'm recording this episode, this idea of loud budgeting, probably nobody's talking about it anymore. (laughs) But I thought that this was a fun one and just something for you to think about how you might infuse into your own money practice. As always, you can head to the links for all the show notes to all everything that I talked about in this episode, as well as our sponsors who make this show possible. Hey, and if you could do me a favor, I'd really appreciate it if you could pop over to whatever podcast app you're listening to this episode in right now and leave us a review for the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new one.